Well, it's almost Christmas time. I don't know how many days, shopping days, you have left. Um, I like doing mine Christmas Eve. I really do. I just I don't like to rush into things. You know what I mean? And uh, I think the greatest gift in the world outside of Christ are gift cards. Don't take much wrapping paper, amen. Uh, and they always fit. You never have to take them back. And uh, so, I hope you folk visit whoever you visit to get gift cards right before Christmas for me, because uh, I love gift cards. I love Christmas. I really do. It's uh, undoubtedly probably the most exciting holiday of all the year. Uh, I had uh, more fun yesterday watching those kids open those open those boxes, you know. I, but I didn't get a box. So I really had some problems there. But you know, this time of season... There's more mention about the Lord's name than any other season. Even people that don't even believe in the Lord begin to praise the Lord, begin to sing songs about about the Lord. It's a very exciting, exciting time. And uh, this time of year, a lot of Scrooges open their wallets and begin to give gifts to one another because not because they love one another, just that's what you do at Christmas time. Someone has said that Christmas is the time of the year when Santa comes down the chimney and all your money goes down the drain. Could you, could you probably handle that? Someone else said Christmas is the time when the average couple split the Christmas uh, duties. She signs the cards and he signs the checks. Is that about right? a good time of the year. Someone said anyone who thinks Christmas does not last all year does not have a charge account. <laughs> Even with all the commercialism and what has gone on, it's still a, a real exciting time of the year. And I'd like to just read you a a verse out of the book of Matthew, chapter number 3, a verse or 2, and then I'll go back to chapter number 2. And I would like to talk to you and give you a little bit of warning uh, <clears throat> about the season. If you're not careful, this season will lay a lot of stress on you that you really don't need. My wife has been blessed to be married to me for 33 years today. She has learned so much over the years. She's matured in a lot of ways. <clears throat> I asked her 33 years ago, and I really meant this. It didn't work, and it's not working today, but I think it's a good plan. I said to her, I said, honey, why don't we just spend every day showing each other we love each other 
instead of going into debt one time a year trying to prove it. I didn't mean to get into your Christmas presents. In your Bible, Matthew chapter number 3, just a phrase I picked out down in verse number 3, and then I'll try to develop a message around this. And this is he that was spoken of whom by the prophet Isaiah, saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And what was he crying? The Baptist preacher from the wilderness of Judea, dressed in camel's hair, crude-looking individual, prepared by Almighty God with a message. His message was, prepare ye. Get ready. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Get ready for Christmas. That's what he was saying to those folks. Get ready for the coming of the Lord. Get ready for Bethlehem. Get ready for when the King of kings and Lord of lords, potentate of all potentates, sovereign of all sovereigns, <clears throat> steps out of the ivory palaces of glory into the form of a little bitty baby and gets on the golden staircase of eternity and walks from heaven's portals and gets off in Bethlehem's manger. Get ready. Are you ready for Christmas? What's our spirit like preparing for this Christmas season two weeks away? Is it about Christmas trees and lights and shopping and credit cards and stress that's about to break us down? Prepare you the way, John says. Could I talk to you this morning for just about, oh, what time did you say the game started? 3.30? 3.30? I don't know that much. Watch this. Matthew chapter 2 now. Verse 1. And the Bible says, now when Jesus was born... In Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. As I've read over and over and over and over this, certain questions come to my mind. What constitutes a wise man? They came from east. East of where? How far east? And how in God's name did those men ever hear that there was a Messiah going to be born in Jerusalem, in Bethlehem? How did they hear that? Wise men from the east 
Could that be east of Fort Worth? Thank God it's not east of Washington. Possibly east of Jerusalem. East of Jerusalem would be Iran. East of Jerusalem. How in the world did the gospel story, the prophetic pronouncements that there was going to be a Messiah born in a small town called Bethlehem, meaning the house of bread. How did that message get all the way to Iran? Where men were wise enough to believe it. Hmm. In the time of Herod, Herod the Great, the wicked, murderous, pagan individual. His mother was an Arab. Daddy from Adullam. And now he's king of all Judea, put there by the Roman Senate. At the age of 15, he became very politically inclined. And now the meanest tyrant in all the world is king when the wise men arrive. Should we read on? I know you knew all of that, but I just thought I'd pitch it out just in case you wanted to read vision. And they came saying, where is the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard of these things, he was troubled in the, all Jerusalem with him. Troubled about a baby being born. Trouble about a little baby being born so poor. Couldn't find a motel room. So insignificant. They did not make room for him in the end. But watch this. It was important enough for heaven to hang a star high in the sky to announce his arrival. <laughs> important enough that the wise men all the way in Iran had heard that a king, not a kid, a king, was going to be born. Whoa. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Hmm. Christ, not Jesus, not the Son of Man. But Christ, I wonder where the king ever got the idea that a Messiah, you think maybe he'd read Daniel chapter 9, verse 25, which said the Messiah, the priest, after 69 weeks would be revealed? <laughs> Ain't God great? I said, Isn't God great? For all you educated folk, God is wonderful. If you read next, Ain't God good? Well, are you ready to go on? Man, this is a wonderful story. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. Hmm. O thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Oh. Well, 
It said they'd call his name Jesus. The wise men said he's the king of the Jews. And the prophet said he's a governor, potentate, that will rule Israel. Pretty important baby laying in that manger, would you say? But he's not baby laying in the manger now. He's already been born, and it's about a year and a half transpired. So he's a little toe-headed thing crawling around the floor. Probably like my grandkids crying when they ought not to cry. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And when they heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star before them, uh, which they saw in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Young child, not a baby. And they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Would you think about that verse a minute? That's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is not about having a nervous breakdown, trying to buy enough presents to make sure the kids still love you. Christmas is not about having nervous breakdowns, about getting enough so everybody can say, boy, this has been a good Christmas. Christmas is not about junk, jewelry, and jivolity. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about a Lord that came to die in mine and your place. And they rejoiced. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Being warned of God in a dream, they returned. Uh, they should not return to Herod. They departed unto their own country another way. Father, I thank you today for our folks. I thank you today for visitors who's here today to worship with us and to enjoy the goodness of the Lord. So, Lord, today I pray that you'd prepare our hearts for Christmas, your kind of Christmas, not Walmart's kind, but, Lord, your kind. And, Lord, may we be reminded about what Christmas is all about. We thank you in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, we had a great day yesterday. I was so glad to see all of that happen. I was glad to see all those kids get some gifts for Christmas. Some of those kids wasn't going to get any gifts. Did you know that? Uh, some of those kids and some of their parents uh, were not going to have a very good Christmas dinner. But I was glad to see uh, food beyond measure left out for those us parents and those moms and dads to go by and take them a go-home plate, and they just took the food with them and had a good time in the Lord. What were you doing yesterday? The spirit of Christmas has the thief 
of materialism stole from us the real spirit of Christmas? Have we so commercialized it? I think we need to be careful lest the thief steal from us the joy of giving to others. Oh, you say, preacher, that'll never happen. You know what Christmas is? It's the Son of God becoming a man so that men could become the sons of God. Have you ever thought of that? Christmas is the Son of God becoming a man so that men could become the sons of God. For God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten Son. Are you glad of that? But if we're not careful now, listen to me real careful. If we're not careful, we will allow Christmas to become so stressful it's no fun anymore. Huh? You say, preacher, I don't know anything about stress. I know. Running around trying to get everything done. Decorating. I'm I'm so tired of decorating Christmas trees. I've decorated this one and that one out front to at the house and then my wife said the other day the lights on the bottom side of the house ain't working probably because it wasn't plugged up amen huh yeah just decorating and shopping and you know uh, getting Christmas gifts and of course, there's no traffic this time of year at the at the shopping centers, none at all. And then you're just working on a job. Man, I'm tired of cooking turkey and hams. I tell you, uh, fruit cakes. I've been cooking fruit cakes for months now. Uh, just about got them loaded with all that stuff you put on them. So if you guys want to get drunk, come over. I mean, I'm sorry. Be honest. A lot of us are just dreading the next two weeks. Just as flat dreading. And it happens when we remove Christ out of Christmas. The Lord never meant for his birthday to be stressful. And you say, well, preacher, how do you recognize stress? Stress can be caused by anything that arouses or alarms us. <laughs> Stress can result from anything that annoys you, threatens you, prods you, excites you, scares you, worries you, hurries you, angers you, frustrates you, or challenges you. So I know there's no stress here today. <laughs> you stress is trying to remember that, right? <laughs> If our bodies are repeatedly held in a state of alarm, we get sick. 
And it would be a shame for you to get sick because of Christmas. When Christmas was designed to get you well. Christ didn't come to put us into a state of stress. He came to set us free. We kind of got that backwards, have we not? Oh, some symptoms that we're facing stress might be frequent headaches, stiffness of neck, shoulders, jaws, arms, legs, and hands, or stomach hurting. Anybody suffered any of that? Irregular heartbeat. I think they call it AFib. Call pacemaker under skin. Stress. Getting dizzy or lightheaded. A lot of you folk don't have to get dizzy to be lightheaded. <laughs> that causes stress. It's a shame, but you say, Preacher, I didn't come for a psychological and a physiological diagnosis. You need one. Suffering from colds, flu, and horses. <coughs> That's stress. The holidays many times puts us under stress. I wonder why. I was reading a story this morning. I probably read it years ago about a country and a county that hired a new person to paint fresh yellow stripes in the middle of the road, in the county roads in the county. And the first man they hired was a crackerjack. The first day, this fella, by himself, with one paintbrush, painted 10 miles of double yellow line down the middle of the highway. <laughs> The county commissioner was so overwhelmed, he said, man, I have hired a crackerjack. The next day, the same guy painted seven miles, double line, down the highway. Next day, he painted five miles, double line, double yellow line down the highway. His supervisor began to worry. He's gone from 10 miles, 7 miles, and now 5 miles. The next day, he painted 4 miles of yellow lines. <laughs> you ought to see your faces. He <laughs> said, I came to church to hear this. <laughs> 4 miles. Finally, the supervisor said, i got to do something. I can't have this guy doing this. I know he's capable of doing 10 miles. Now he's down seven and five and four. I've got to talk to him. So he called the young man in. The guy said, well, I'll do better. The next day he painted one mile of single yellow line down the highway. So I said, I've got to do something. He asked the man. He said, say, what's the problem? He said, well, sir, you don't understand. Every day it gets harder and more difficult to paint these lines because every day I get farther from the bucket.
pallet, the farther from the bucket we get. The real purpose for Christmas. The problem with us is we're too far from the bucket. And what we need to do is tell Walmart, Kmart, and all the other marts, your advertisement is not going to put me on a guilt trip. Because this is not about junk. This season is about Jesus. So what we need to do now is prepare ourselves for Christmas. We need to develop, cultivate, initiate the real true spirit of Christmas. Could I show you in the text in five minutes or thereby the real spirit of Christmas? Notice, if you would, in verse 1, the real spirit of Christmas is wise people looking for God, searching for God. The wise men came, and they said, we have seen the star. And they came from the east, and they were looking for Jesus. We have come, watch this, we have come to worship him. In every bosom in this place today, have been placed there by a sovereign, loving, holy God, the innate desire to worship. You and I are going to worship somebody or something. We cannot get away from that. We even worship athletes that can't even spell athlete. We don't care if they smoke dope, sniff cocaine, rape babies, and beat women. As long as they can carry a football, we want a big hit on our wall. Now, that was free. It didn't cost you anything. Amen, preacher. But within the bosom of every individual in this place is the, is the innate desire to worship. Wise men made their way across the Arabian Desert, down through Iran and over to Bethlehem just to worship the king. The king of the Jews, not the king of the Arabs. The king of the Jews. A prophetic announcement that he would be born in Bethlehem. And they came seeking God. Wouldn't it be something this Christmas if we put Christ back into Christmas? Wouldn't it be something this year that if we taught our kids what Christmas was all about? And show them what Christmas is all about. Oh, notice, if you would please, came seeking the Savior by responding to a heavenly guidance. 
Then it's something that God is so magnificent and so sovereign that he can just sling into the universe a special star. Went to the right place, hung in the right place, for the right people to see, for the right people to be guided, to the right place, to the right little baby in Bethlehem's town. You say, well, if God give me a star, I'd do something. He's given you more than a star. Giving you 66 books of I love you all the way through the word of God. Search the scriptures, Jesus said, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they testify of me. Obedient to the heavenly guidance. We read more of this, and less Hogan's heroes, we'd be a lot better off. Amen. I need to hurry. You say, why? Because I told you I'd hurry. Thy word, the Bible says, I've hid in my heart. Any of you remember that? Uh, thy word. Hey, the real spirit of Christmas is people seeking the Lord, seeking the babe in the manger, not presents. I hope my wife's getting me something nice for Christmas. I need another gun, I guess, to pr protect myself. Hey, could I give you a little... I thought of this this week. Now, I know it's not very original, but I thought of it. If you watch Fox News, you'll want to buy a gun. If you come to church, you'll want to get a New Testament and win them to Christ. Refuse crisis, do we? If they're coming here to evangelize us, why don't we evangelize them while they're here? You say, I'm mad. Won't you scratch the same place and get glad that God's still on the throne? Quit running around dodging bullets and get you some bullets in your gospel gun and start shooting at every Muslim you see. That Jesus loves them, this I know, for the Bible told me so. Oh, well, that had nothing to do with the sermon, but I thought you'd need a Christmas gift. The spirit of Christmas is the spirit of seeking the Lord. Look at verse number 11. The spirit of Christmas is given. Notice the Bible said, And uh, when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary and his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts. Let me see. Did that say they exchanged gifts? No. What does yours say? Does it say they went in to Jesus and said, you give me one and I'll give you one? Did they say, Jesus, your gift is better than mine? Have you been teaching your kids that Christmas is not a time of sharing gifts? It's a time of giving gifts. Now, it's not going to go over real good with this crowd because they've been learning from you. 
The real spirit of Christmas is not sharing gifts. The real spirit of Christmas is sharing what you have with someone else. And all of God's people said, no, all of them didn't say, now some. The significance of their gifts in verse 11, watch this. The significance of their gifts. Look what they brought. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, if that was today, that first gift would have been left out if they're going to bring it to the Lord. They just brought something that smelled good, not something that cost a lot. The significance of the gifts. Is that what I read? It's not what you give. Because in the gifts, they included wealth. They included anointing oil. By the way, what did they use the anointing oil? To anoint the priest who was in the manger. The priest of all priests. The one who was tempted all fashion such as us. And yet, what? Without sin. And then myrrh. Oh, you know what they use myrrh for? Anointing dead bodies. Why did they bring our Lord? It's a baby, a one-year-old kid. Why did they bring myrrh? Maybe it was looking toward outside the walls of Jerusalem when they'd hang him on the cross, and there he'd die for our sins. He's worthy of our gold. He's worthy of our oil. He's just our high priest. He's worthy of everything we have because he laid down his life for us. Hey, that's the greatest gift of all. What did Jesus get in return for his gift to us? The real spirit of Christmas. It's not what you get. The real spirit of Christmas is what you're willing to give. Amen? See, some of you hug up on 10%. If you don't know on 10%, you don't even know what Christmas is about. You have no idea what Christmas is about if you can't trust God with 10%. You say, I'm mad. Oh, really? I'll never get over this. The real spirit of Christmas is seeking the Lord. The real spirit of Christmas is sharing what God has given you. i got to close. I said that a while ago. Real spirit of Christmas is spreading the good news that a baby's been born. Amen? Oh, sure, yesterday we had 450-some folks in the church, and it was good just seeing people everywhere in the world. And Oh, what a wonderful deal it is to have the kind of servants that we have in this place that just works and works and works. Some folks here at 5 o'clock cooking food. They worked until... Uh, everybody was served, and uh, Brother Brian, and, and there's no telling how many hours Brother Brian has put in organizing and everything. I don't know. Any of you show up for wrapping the presents? Do you know that Brian had had paper cut to the right size, the paper laying in the right place? He had everything so out, so so organized. It's a wonderful thing to see what goes on around here to get people saved, to get people saved. Somebody said, uh, how much bus fuel do you guys use every year? A bunch. 
See how many tires you buy on them buses? A bunch. How much it costs? A bunch. But it's worth every bit of it because that's how you get the gospel out. I just think maybe a little bit of prevention, trying to get kids saved, is better than a cure trying to get them out of jail. Amen. And all of them got parents. Did that surprise you? That bus kids has parents? Isn't that wonderful that bus kids have parents? Did you know that parents have bus kids? And here's a physiological fact. They have kids the same way you do. And they're just as big a brats as yours. And somebody in this world needs to love them before they get in jail. You say, well, I don't like bus kids getting bubble gum on our pews. You could come to church here for 10 years and not even know there's a bus kid on a place. You sure look good with that bunch of parents over there yesterday eating turkey and enjoying ham and going to hear about Jesus in a little while. Christmas is about sharing. It's about seeking the Lord. It's about sharing with others. Jesus saves. Amen. I need to shut up. Would you speed up? Be quiet. The spirit of Christmas is showing gladness. Verse 10. The Bible says this. What's this now? And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Wow. How would you like to have, Brother Shine, some exceeding great joy? How long has it been? Listen now, and I'm done. Almost. How long has it been since you have witnessed exceeding great I was thinking about that. Today's my anniversary. No, today's my wife's anniversary. I was preaching 33 years ago, an old-fashioned Brush Harbor revival meeting. I got up to preach that night I look back, way back in the back, and I thought a movie star had come to hear me preach. It took my mind completely off my notes. The Spirit of God left me, and I got completely in the flesh. Because yonder she sat, way back in the back. <laughs> She was prettier than me, younger than me, smarter than me, but not as cunning as me. (laughs) 
immediately after I saw her, they called me Smokey and the Bandit. Because I became in hot pursuit. And for 33 years, she and I have had exceeding great Cause we're saved. S-A-B-E-D, saved. Yesterday, as I sit there with my grandbaby on my lap, and whatever she had been eating <laughs> accompanied me and her on my lap, I watched 300-plus kids. As our workers there dealt out boxes to each one in particular age brackets. And I sat there and watched those kids as they nursed those little bitty boxes in anticipation of when Brother Chick ever learned to count above two because there's going to open on three. And I sat there and watched them. I watched their eyes. I watched their expressions. I listened to them as they talked about opening those presents. Our fellowship hall was completely packed. Now I'm 500 folk in that fellowship hall. We'd all eaten. All were full. The kids sitting there looking at that little box all wrapped up. Couldn't touch it now until Brother Chick learned how to get past two. <laughs> what can I say, Jake? <laughs> and he said, one. Then he looked at Mrs. Chick and said, what's next? <laughs> and she said, two. They both looked to me and said, what's next? And when Brother Chick said three, paper began to fly. And there was a roar in that place that would deafen you. As those kids looked into those little simple boxes and saw things so minute as a, a top. A yo-yo, house shoes, socks, candy bar. And I never witnessed so much joy in all my life. This church gave away 500 bicycles one time, one Christmas. This church sent a Bible to every household in Joshua, Texas one time. There's no telling what all we've done. But because of the season, because people were seeking the Lord and His will, people were sharing, there was so much joy, it was unspeakable and full of glory. That's what Christmas is all about. 
Christmas is not about defending yourself when your pistol you got in your pocket. Christmas is about sharing the love of God to folk who carry pistols in their pocket. Can anybody say amen? I'm afraid we've let somebody steal the real spirit of Christmas. We don't have to let it stay gone. We can get her back. Amen? How do we do that? By seeking the Lord. Huh? By seeking the Lord. By sharing that which God has given us. By telling folks that Jesus saves. Amen? And learning to do this hurts, don't it? Try it on three. You try this crowd, I'll get this crowd. Let's out smile that crowd over there. How many of you folk got hair left? That's something to smile about. Look over there. Now on three, we're going to act like we say. One, Joe, you better smile. I'll jerk your red tie. Two. It won't break your jaw, honest. Ain't that painful? 